We believe in functional mental wellness, a holistic approach to mental health. We know that there's hope for those of us who have experienced trauma, even profound trauma, and that's why we created the Universe Is Your Therapist podcast. We believe whether you call it God, the universe, source, unity, or love, that there is something much greater than us that conspires for our good. We envision a world of healing and connection, and we teach you simple but powerful practices that integrate your mind, body, and spirit so that you can come home to your highest self and your truest identity. You are not broken, you are loved, and you can heal. My name is Amy Hoyt, and together with my sister, Lena, we will take you on a journey of healing and self-discovery. There is hope. That's what we want you to know. There is so much hope. Um, I often joke that my type A personality is like a type F now, not grade wise, <laughs> but just, you know, there, there does come a point where you start shedding some of it and start allowing yourself to be more vulnerable and more authentic in your interactions. And I think for me, that perfectionism is closely linked to a resistance to being my true full self, because if I'm rejected and I'm being my true full self, what does that mean? Right. Those are some of the thoughts that go through um, my head. And so mm-hmm. I want you to know there's so much hope and that's why I feel so passionate about this, this work. Okay. So let's talk about the first tool and this might seem really benign, but it's awareness. And Lena's going to talk to us about awareness. Yes. And we um, like to use the term benevolent curiosity because what we are meaning with that term is that we are kindly and, um, lovingly curious about what's happening for us or about the things that we think or do. And when we are able to be open to being curious and interested in what we're doing or how we were behaving, that increases awareness exponentially. When we use awareness to beat ourselves up or to uh, tell ourselves that we should or shouldn't have done something, the part of the brain that ignites in fight or flight response gets very activated and we can't actually be as aware. Um, Sometimes people uh, talk about anger and how it can limit their perception, that sort of thing. Well, the same thing can happen with fear or frustration, hypercriticism of ourselves. So when um, when we do benevolent curiosity, what we want to do is we want to uh, be able to just start noticing it. This is something I've worked on for several years and I'm still working on it. And so sometimes what will happen is I'll have an emotional reaction, but I don't know what it, I actually can't even consciously be aware of what it's related to. And so I've been practicing saying to myself, okay, I'm having feelings of frustration and disappointment And then from there, because I'm not beating myself up and I'm not saying to myself, I shouldn't feel this way, which I have spent most of my life saying to myself, because I am benevolently curious, then I can explore where those emotions are coming from and use those emotions as information about what I'm experiencing. And that has become really valuable in my own journey of healing. we can ask ourselves, I wonder where this behavior or this belief came from. 
Um, I know that my brain is attempting to keep me from harm by engaging in these beliefs and behaviors. And uh, again, bring gratitude to that part of our brain that allowed us to survive. And then also grace to that part of our brain that we want to start um, shaping a little differently so that we can have a more fulfilling, connected life. Thank you, Lena. We have a question, and I think this is an excellent question. Okay. How does this differ from a mindfulness practice? Oh, that's great. It includes a mindfulness practice. So um, mindfulness in the Western world is about being present. And what we have learned with our gathered experience as a team is that when you've had trauma, it's exceptionally difficult to re remain present consistently because of that hypervigilance and the, the worry about um, something difficult or awful happening. And that can include being criticized. So the mindfulness is a key component and it's difficult to be mindful if you haven't started working on resolving some of these tendencies because the mind then becomes preoccupied with outcome instead of what's happening in the moment. And I hope that's helpful. If there's a follow-up question, go ahead. Amy. I think it is. I just wanted to clarify the way I think about it, Laura, is that benevolent curiosity is specifically looking at how, what messages I'm getting from my emotions. I'm specifically tuning in. Why am I, why is my chest so tight? Why is my stomach tight? What's going on here? So I'm being very loving. Um, you know, I noticed this, what's going on? When I think of mindfulness, my mindfulness practice is about staying in the present moment. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily attached to a reaction I'm having, although it could be. So I think they do go hand in hand, but benevolent curiosity is really focused on the messages we're receiving from our emotions in our body. Thanks, Amy. That was a great explanation. Okay. Anything else on the awareness tool? Okay. So the next tool we're going to talk about is building trusting relationships with people that you can be real with. And um, this can be very difficult if you have had trauma because your brain may be telling you that it's not safe to have a trusting relationship or any relationship. Um, one of the things we have found as a team is that it can be difficult and we we like instead of the rigid you know either or and we can move through this at our own pace and test out being real and authentic with people that we feel comfortable with and one of the things that we can do is cultivating self-compassion um, Self-compassion is really interesting because it's a lot like benevolent curiosity, but it's a little more, um, I would say, oh, what is the word? Um, nurturing. It's a little more nurturing. So when we're being benevolently curious, we're asking ourselves, what's going on without like, what's going on? You know, we're, we're treating us ourselves as a good friend who's in distress and you're like, okay, what's going on? Like, why, why are you crying? You know, let me know. Um, creating this um, self, uh, 
what am I saying? Nurturing. Nurturing. Yes. Is a little, even a step beyond that. And Lena, do you want to talk to us about this step? Yes. Um, I have an anecdote from um, somebody that I was working with uh, probably 10 or 12 years ago. And I remember she was really concerned about her food intake. And so um, we were talking about how, because she has a brain that tends toward anxiety, it was really difficult for her to um, not be stuck in all or nothing thinking. And so I was saying to her, well, let's say that you increase your vegetable consumption, but you still eat as much ice cream as you have before. Is that an improvement? And she looked at me in all seriousness and said, no, that's not an improvement. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, she's got to be so distressed because for her, nothing she does counts unless it's everything all or or perfect. And so um, when we think about self-compassion, we're not writing ourselves a ticket to excuse bad behavior. What we're doing is we're considering ourselves as human and humans have thoughts and feelings and behaviors. And we want to be able to understand that given the situation, it might make sense that I was curt with my coworker or that I was uh, yelling at my kids or that I am mad at myself because I went to bed late last night. And we want to normalize some of the behaviors we have of being human. And um, so there's a couple of different phrases that we can say. These are really effective tools. So one is, given the circumstances, it makes sense that I fill in the blank. And another one is, this is really hard. This one is, I choose not to judge myself or others. And when I first started practicing this, I didn't believe it (laughs) when I was first saying it. But the idea behind neuropathways is that as we enact and practice what we're trying to achieve, there is a building process happening in our brain that makes those behaviors and beliefs um, more automatic and that is something that I've really striven for is to use the beauty of the neuroplasticity of our brain to help me change. So I choose not to judge myself or others. Um, Another one that can be really helpful is I choose to notice what went well instead of what I didn't like or what went wrong. And for some of us, this is going to alarm the nervous system. there's, There's a really strong reaction to this for a lot of people. And they worry that if they don't have their perfectionistic tendencies, or if they don't remain really harsh with themselves, that their lives will fall apart. And research actually shows the opposite. Thank you. That's actually such a good point. Um, And over and over, we want you to understand if, if you feel like this is familiar and this is resonating, your brain has done an awesome job of keeping you alive and helping you survive. So um, Laura asked, 
do we think the way we talk to ourselves is culturally bound, socialization, et cetera, messages we get? Absolutely. Um, not only the way we talk to ourselves, but new research in epigenetics shows that our environment, our genes can be expressed thousands of different ways, each gene. And our environment can actually turn on and off certain parts of the gene expression, certain facets. And so it's not simply... Um, socialization in terms of what we hear, but it's also what we see, what's around us, and that will always change culturally because we're in different environments. I think that's an awesome question. Thank you, Laura. Amy, there's, um, there's another yeah. question or another comment that I think is really um, lovely. And Andrea wrote that one of the most helpful comments that was made to her um, was, I love you not despite your imperfections, but because of them. What a beautiful, gracious statement for yeah. someone to make. Because when we say to somebody, I love you, even though you're not perfect, what we're focusing on is the, um, is the flaw. Mm -hmm. We're not focusing on the person and the love we feel. We're focusing on how even though you're flawed and you're human and you really get on my nerves sometimes, I still love you. The messages I of I love you gets lost in that. And all we hear is the the negative and the and the perceived criticism. Um, and Greg said, every part of me I'm troubled with just hasn't been loved enough. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. that really resonates. Thank you for that, Greg. I like that. Um, I do too. So the phrase that Andrea put in the chat, I love you not despite your imperfections, but because of them. That's actually a phrase, Andrea, that I'm going to use for myself. I love that, turning that on to me and to the people I love who may be worried about the, the um, strength of our relationship if they're not showing up in a certain way. Thank you. I love how we can learn together. This is so awesome. Um, when you've never experienced real love from parents, it's hard to love yourself. Absolutely, Jody. Absolutely. And that is exactly why we're doing this work. Thank you so um, much for listening to this episode. If you want to go deeper on this subject or any other subjects we've covered in the podcast, we are so excited to be launching our signature membership program at MendingTrauma.com. This is a trauma-informed mental health membership where we combine clinically effective practices, courses, and mentoring while putting you in the driver's seat. We teach you how to heal your trauma with the latest research combining mind, body, and spirit. We want to walk you through a healing journey while also empowering you. If you have felt this episode is helpful, we would absolutely love if you would go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your pods and give us a review. We'd also love it if you would share it with someone you think it might help. Tag us on social media at mendingtrauma.com or at Amy Hoyt PhD. We would love to reshare. And also, if there's anything we can do to help, we would love to hear from you. Email info at mendingtrauma.com. Give us your suggestions or topics you want to hear about. We would absolutely love to be of more service to you. We're so excited because we have so many good episodes coming coming up in season two, and we can't wait to go on this journey with you.